Welcome to day three of our look together through Revelation chapter five and daily drive time devotions. We're going to focus on verses five to seven today. Remember, we're in this throne room of God. All through chapter four, we saw what was in this throne room, the one on the throne, what was around the throne. And then at the beginning of chapter five, we saw a scroll in the hand of the one on the throne. Who will be worthy? John wept and wept because it seemed that no one would be found who was worthy. Who is worthy? He is worthy. Listen to verses five to seven. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. John describes the one who is worthy to open this scroll, the only one who is worthy to open this scroll, Jesus Christ. And the way that John describes him is amazing. The way that Jesus revealed himself in these verses covers much of the Bible. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the root of the tribe of Jesse, David's son. He is looking like a slain lamb. That covers much of the Old Testament, even into the New Testament. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Remember, Judah was one of the 12 tribes of Israel, one of Jacob's sons, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As you read through the book of Genesis and all that happened there in the founding of the Jewish nation, here Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one prophesied who would come, who would fulfill all that was meant in these sons of Jacob, who would fill all that was meant in the promises to Abraham right here in Jesus Christ. He's also the root of the tribe of Jesse. He's David's son. David was given many promises of God's eternal kingdom. And that eternal kingdom is fulfilled in Jesus Christ because he is the root of that tribe. He comes out of that tribe. So you have, you have the Old Testament in Abraham. You have the Old Testament in David. And then you also have the prophets who are spoken of, looking like a slain lamb, the suffering servant of Isaiah chapter 53, and the Lamb of God recognized in the Gospels, Jesus on the cross, giving his life for you. Now, there's something, there's something humbling and amazing to me in how Jesus was seen in heaven. He is seen as a slain lamb. Many people have said, and I agree with them, that there will be no scars in heaven but one. And those are the scars on Jesus Christ. You can still see the signs that he has been slain. You can still see the signs that he has given his life. I believe, I don't know this from the scripture, but I believe personally that when you and I hug Jesus Christ in heaven and rejoice in him, his, his hands will still have the nail scars in them because those are glorious scars. Those are the scars that brought me to heaven. And he sees one who looks like a slain lamb, the lamb of God who gives himself for the sins of the world. And so he will be seen for all of eternity. That is the glory of God in who Jesus Christ is, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of the tribe of Jesse, the one who looks like a slain lamb. And then John goes on and he says, here's what I saw. I saw one with seven horns and seven eyes representing the seven spirits. Seven horns, those represent power in the apocalyptic, the kind of revelation writing of that day. He is one of perfect power. Remember the one, number seven means perfect, perfect power. Seven eyes. Eyes obviously represent the idea to understand, that the discernment. He is one of perfect understanding, perfect discernment. 
and seven spirits, which we've seen a number of times represents the Holy Spirit. In fact, this is the fourth time as we walk through the book of Revelation early chapters that we've talked about seven spirits. And once again, let me remind you, seven means perfection. So seven spirits is talking about the perfection of God's power and the perfection of God's understanding, and in these verses, the perfection of God's spirit. By the way, this is a good place to watch out for false teachers. False teachers will do things like try to name the seven spirits of God. They'll give names to them. Just joking about this, they'll say, one is named John, one is named George. They'll give names to them based maybe on past false idols, or they'll give names to them based on some teaching they want to put into your life. Seven just means perfect. And anyone who says these are the seven spirits and exactly what they mean, you can find seven indications of what God's spirit is like in many verses in the Bible, and that's okay. But to say these are the exact representations of those seven spirits, these are the tricks of false teachers. They'll tell you these are the names, and based on those names, here's the false teaching that you have to accept. Well, the problem came with them giving you the names. Seven just means perfect. Remember, as we read through this book, keep simple, simple. Seven means perfect. God's spirit is perfect. We worship God together at this throne room. We recognize in these verses that this throne is a place of worthiness, the proclamation of the worthiness of Jesus Christ to be the one who opens that scroll. And so John's weeping that we looked at yesterday, it is turned to praise. He came and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was on the throne. He's going to open that scroll. It is a place where the elders and the creatures sing, you are worthy. It's a place where the angels sing, we're going to find out you are worthy. It's a place where every creature will sing, you are worthy. He is the one who is worthy. God's throne is the universal and eternal North Star. It is by God's throne, the worthiness of the one who sits on that throne, that I can set every decision in my life, and I'll be headed in the right direction. It's by the worthiness of the one who is at that throne that I can set every relationship in my life, and I'll be on the right track. I won't get lost. It is by the worthiness of the one who is on that throne that I can set every attitude of my heart towards myself and towards others and towards God, and I will be headed in the right direction. It's a place of worthiness. He is the one who is worthy. He is worth my praise. He is worth my commitment. He is worth my sacrifice. He is worth it all because he's given it all to me. Let me ask you, what if you were standing right there right now? If you had this experience that John has had, what would you say? How would you express your thanks for the one who has given you his grace and his love and his power? Sometimes when we're singing in our church, I can hear the people of God singing, and it just it overwhelms me to the point where I just can't sing. The words just won't come out. I just feel their love for God in a way that leaves me speechless. And I can't help but I can't help but sense that that's what's going to happen in this throne room of God. Not speechless because of confusion, but speechless because there is so much to say, but it doesn't have to be said. Because the one that I'm standing before, the one who is worthy, he knows me. He's given his life for me. He loves me. He is the one who has said to us as his disciples, I want you to be here. I want you to be with me where I am so we can experience this love relationship for all of eternity. Think of what it would be to stand there in his presence and then, and then realize this. I'm standing, you're standing in his presence now. 
I'm not seeing the glories of this throne room, but I'm in the presence, you're in the presence of Jesus Christ, this very one who is worthy right now. So for just a moment as we pray today, I want to just be quiet in his presence. Just listen to this music for a few seconds, and as you listen to it, speechless before him, just experience the worthiness of his love for you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that we, that we get to stand in your presence. We are not worthy, but you are. And so, and so then you've given us your worthiness to stand in your presence. Thank you that we stand there now in our relationship with you and we'll stand there forever in our eternity with you. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to look together at the new song, of the 24 elders.